Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. In our catechism that we do with our children each morning, what we do for our family, we do um, Monday through Friday. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are our Bible verses. And right now, uh, the children have memorized, uh, Olive has uh, 20, about 29 verses, and Ruth has about 24 verses memorized. And then Eleanor has two, and she can't pronounce the words because she's one year old. But she's got to memorize, and she does her best to get, to get those verses. Genesis 1-1 is the first one that we started with. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Earth. And so um, Eleanor's got that down. Um, but we do Bible verses Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, we do catechism questions. Um, and we use kind of, it's, it's a hybrid, kind of a, a, a revising from Keech's catechism. Um, that's Benjamin Keech. He was a Reformed Baptist. Uh, it's very similar to Westminster, shorter catechism, also a wonderful catechism to use. Uh, but, but one of the things that we do in that is, is, you know, some of the questions are, what are the Ten Commandments? And then, and then following the Ten Commandments, asking your children about the Ten Commandments and about their purpose. And one of the questions that follows after they've listed the Ten Commandments is this. We say, um, can anyone, or the question is, can any man keep these Ten Commandments perfectly? And the answer is, uh, since the fall of Adam, no man can keep these Ten Commandments perfectly except Jesus. And then if you get like New City Catechism, or you get even, even the one uh, Truth and Grace Catechism, um, then they just they move on. In our family, we don't move on. We stop. Because this is the problem in the church. This is the spirit of antinomianism, lawlessness. So we stop and we say, amen. Since the fall of Adam, no man can keep these Ten Commandments perfectly. But then we ask, we say, but a born-again Christian, by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, can he improve in obedience? And the answer is yes. The next question is, is God pleased by that? And the answer is yes. And the next question is, and does that obedience make a tangible difference in the world in which we live? And the answer is yes, because we're not going to raise antinomians. Evangelicalism has enough of them in the pews already. We're not doing that. We're done with that. Now notice, none of the questions are, are you saved by your obedience? Of course not. But here's the deal. Justification is not the whole of the gospel. Justification is the heart of the gospel. It is the heart of the gospel. But for too long, evangelicals, and even, I might add, especially the Reformed Church, preaches nothing but justification. People need to hear the gospel. They need to hear justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And there need to be, there need to be a distinction, a clear distinction between law and gospel. But then we have to be able to move on. We have to be able to talk about sanctification and glorification and global transformation, that Christ is renewing all things through the battering ram of the church, that the church is potent, and that the church is powerful, and that Christ as the head of the church promised to build, advance, and increase his church, and hell which is on the defense, the gates of hell will not withstand 
the battering ram of the church in the hands of Christ, its head. We have to talk about these things. So we can't just define faith insofar as faith references saving faith and justification, which once more is the heart of the gospel, but it is not the end of the gospel. Do you know what the end of the gospel is, brothers and sisters? The end of the gospel, and this isn't a Joel Webin new novel thing. If you're novel, you're a heretic. This is a very old thing. This is a John Owen thing. The end of the gospel is not justification. That's the heart of the gospel. The end of the gospel is eternal communion with the triune God. The Christian life is not 100% obsession about how to get in. At a certain point, the Christian talks about not just getting in, but then bellying up. Once we're in, we're in the door, we're in the room. Bellying up to the table of the Lord and dining and communing with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What are we doing if that's not the end of the Christian faith? He's the treasure hidden in a field. He's the pearl of great price. He's our portion. He's the strength of our heart forever. Our body and flesh may fail, but He is my pleasure. He is my portion. He's the strength of my heart. In His right hand there are pleasures forevermore, and in His presence there is fullness of joy. The end of the gospel is not justification. The heart of the gospel is justification. The end of the gospel is eternal communion with the love of our souls, the triune God. So let's talk about everything. The whole gospel, not a blurred, worksy, wishy-washy gospel, not a social gospel. Let's have distinctions. Let's be theologically precise. But let's talk about a robust, well-rounded, full-fledged, world-transforming, sanctifying, glorifying, eternal communion with the triune God and at its heart, justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, gospel. Give me the whole gospel, not this truncated, antinomian, evangelical, wishy-washy, watered-down gospel. We've seen the fruit of that. I've had enough. No, thank you. Let's go back. Not go forward to something new. Let's go back because the church has gotten this right before and by God's grace, we'll get it right again. Houston, we have a problem. I repeat, we have a problem. Our conference is about to sell out. I mean, about to sell out. We probably have about mm, 75 to 100 seats left. Our venue holds about 525 to 550 seats, and we currently have 450 people who are registered for this conference. The excitement is tangible. A lot of people registered because they wanted to hit the early bird rate. We're now at our normal rate, $130 for an adult, $50 for a kid who's 11 to 17 years old, and kids 10 and under get in free. You can bring the whole family, but the problem is not that we're going to raise the rate again. The problem is we're going to run out of tickets, and we're going to run out pretty fast. Again, we've got about 100 seats or less. 450 people six months out are already registered for this conference. We don't want you to miss it. So to ensure that you get to make it to this conference, you need to register not a month from now, not a week from now, not tomorrow, but today. 
you want to be there for the Theonomy and Postmillennialism Conference, May 5th, 6th, and 7th, with James White, Joe Boot, Gary DeMar, Dale Partridge, and yours truly, Joel Webbin. Go to rightresponseconference.com. Again, that's rightresponseconference.com. It will sell out very soon.